welcome to episode 8 of Talking Tangents. My name is Breet. Uh I'm okay with she and her, and I'm okay with they too. <laughs> and across from me is my co-host. Please introduce yourself. I'm just okay over here. <laughs> Hello. Hi. This is Megs. I go by she and her. What is up? Yes, yes, what is up in the world? Uh, we're here today to talk about food in all of its forms and stuff. That'd be a good time, so grab your snacks, specifically Skinny Girl, Lemon Lime, Popcorn. Yeah, get some munchies. Ooh, delicious, yes. or Doritos, or uh, shoot, what's the favorite snack? Favorite snack um, is pickles. Have you tried Three. the pickle popcorn from Trader Joe's? Jesus Christ. I know. No. They have pickle chips, which are delicious. What's your snack? I mean, I bought two kinds of popcorn at Trader Joe's. One is the pickle popcorn, and then I also got kettle corn, because sometimes you want sweet, and sometimes you want savory. savory. <laughs> um, popcorn does it all. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, anything like cheese and crackery is usually like my go-to for a snack. Mm. I also am a sucker for hummus. I like dipping things, yeah. chips and salsa. Yeah, I like I like hummus, mm-hmm. but I only like it with carrots, and that turns into a problem because carrots has a lot of fiber. And then when I eat a lot of carrots, then all of a sudden my tummy is just all get the carrot up, carrot poops, or something. And yeah, and also I just hummus, get, hummus is beans too, so you're just like same thing, fiber overload, it's just farty. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> so no carrots for me today. But anyways, <laughs> let's talk about how we're doing, how we're feeling. In life, do you want to go first, Max? Yeah. Um, all or, all in all, I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Work is work. Is work. Um, I'm very tired. We are picking up in volume for what I do, and I'm lifting lots of things, and I'm very sore. I hurt myself at work mm-hmm. <laughs> lifting things and then falling, and then I fell on my elbow. So I had to like go to the doctor and like check it out. We're all good. It's fine. I'm just, I just kind of, kind of like working a lot. Um, so I feel a little tired, but I'm still kind of like amped. Yeah. Like considering how much I've worked this week, plus I have work tomorrow. It's one of those things where I'm like, I know my body is tired, but for some reason, like my brain is just going. Mm-hmm. So I'll go home from either from work or from here recording or whatever. And I'm like, all right, you're going to go to bed. You can get a full hours, eight hours of sleep. You're good. But I can't sleep these days. So I'll get distracted. And I put a TV in my room. And now I'm just like up watching random videos, hoping they'll make me go to sleep. And then they don't. And then I wake up like, I eventually fall asleep and then wake up at like three in the morning and like TV is playing. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah, shut like, down. Yeah. So it's. It's good. I, I feel good. I'm just I'm just kind of tired and, like, exhausted. I'm ready for Memorial Day because Memorial Day is going to be, like, my first day off, like, off with both jobs. Nice. And I don't think I'm going to do anything. Heck, yeah. Maybe drink a beer somewhere outside. Yep. Maybe wear a sundress. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. And look cute. I've been kind of dressed like a little boy this last week. Okay. Um, I actually did go out to get a beer the other day. And I was wearing, like, a T-shirt and jeans and, like, a backwards hat. And one of the guys that worked there 
complimented me and he's like oh like i like your little your outfit today and i kind of looked down and i was like um, yeah. Yeah, thank you like that's a weird yeah my head I was like, that's a weird compliment like i'm not particularly cute today like usually if i like go out i'm like nee, 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 girls night yeah like dressed all mm-hmm. cute but i'm literally wearing like a backwards cap and t-shirt and jeans he's like yeah you look like punky brewster but a more attractive one and then i was like huh that might have been the weirdest compliment. Yeah. Like, like, I'll take it. Like, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, I guess. I look like a cute toddler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm That's just... That's so funny. It, it was great. Um, work is good. Life is good. I'm just tired. How are you? Same exact boat. I, my week had a huge I had a huge to-do list and so my week started I was like at a two out of ten and as I crossed out one line off my to-do list I like gained a point so that would make it like why I'm at a six or seven right now which is like good six and a half is good I I mean if you consider five average six and a half is technically over the average um yeah just feeling really stressed out about life but what's new um but it's fine. It's fine. I'm also excited for Memorial Day uh, because that's going to be a four-day weekend for me because I requested Friday off to go to Disneyland. The most magical, the mouse, the most magical place on earth. Um, it's either that or Disney World. <laughs> the most magical lands on earth, I guess, would be Disney World. Who knows? But anyway, uh, so that I think next week I'll probably be at like a ten. Next Friday, I'll be out of temperature. So that that's also raising my mood up a little bit. Yeah, Disneyland will do that. I'm so oh, I'm so jealous. I used to be a pass holder for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So I used to go all the time. And I lived in Anaheim, too. So it was, I could drive five minutes there. It was so great. And then the world shut down. And then my pass got canceled. Mm-hmm. And now they're just taking away passes entirely. And now it's just kind of out of my budget now that the passes are gone. Um, I, I keep wanting to do like a day. But when I had a pass, it was kind of nice to go by myself. Now when you have to buy a ticket, it's like we have to go all day. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go for eight hours by myself. Yeah. When I had a pass, you would just go for like a couple hours, get a churro, go on like a ride and be done. Mm-hmm. Now you can't do that anymore. So no. I'm just kind of like... I, until I like, find a buddy or a date or something to go to Disneyland, I feel like it's going to be a while before I go. Mm-hmm. So. That's fine because when you're paying so much money to go, you want to make it worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something. So that's some good news. Uh, it's a Friday. We're recording on Friday today. So that makes me 10 times happier. Uh, go weekend ahead. Uh, tiki drinks tomorrow. I don't know what that means. I asked if I was supposed to wear a Hawaiian shirt and I got no answers. So if I show up tomorrow looking stupid, it's my own damn fault. <laughs> and everyone else's fault for not telling me what a fucking tiki party is. Oh, so the, oh, it's a party that's tiki themed? Yes, I don't know what that means. I'm like, should I bring a tiki cup? I mean, should I bring a little, little umbrellas to stick in drinks? That would be cute. I mean, should. tiki drinks have a lot of rum, so prepare yourself. So should I wear a Hawaiian shirt? I mean, if it's cute, yeah. I think you should. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. It's I'm down good. always for some sort of Hawaiian print shirt. Yeah. I still have one from my Ace Ventura costume that's like, mwah, beautiful. Beautiful? But there's no time to wear a, a Hawaiian shirt. 
Unless I had a tiki party to go to, so I think you should. I think okay. you should. I, I think you should take a photo, put a little flower in your hair, call a tiki. So, okay, let's get freaky with the tiki and go into pop culture. We're going to talk about some things going on in the world now. Okay, so let's see. What do we want to start off with? Uh, I tend to give cryptocurrency updates every time, but I'm not going to talk about cryptocurrency, but I will talk about NFTs, non-fungible, non-fundable, freak, something tokens, okay? And basically, people are selling memes online for thousands and thousands of dollars. It's like cryptocurrency, but but crypto like, I was trying to explain it. It's yeah. like bartering for Digital. chickens on, on Zelda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah. sure, do I have, I have a million bells. What is it worth? I don't know. Apparently a million bells. Some people would pay money for a million bells, you know? Like even bells, if we were able to transfer bells from one Animal Crossing town to another, I'm sure there is a value to that. I also, I'm sure am, someone say like fifty dollars and I'll give you a million bells. Yeah, I mean to, to, to go on a slight bells tangent. <laughs> um, I've always been really shocked and surprised where like some furniture would not cost as much as some other stuff. Or like you have this really nice dining set, and you're like, oh, you think it's a lot of money, and they're like, oh, it's really not. And then like some random like basketball hoop is seventy five thousand bells, and I'm like, no. Yeah. But then if you if you had one and you got it like dropped from a balloon and then you sold it, it wouldn't be sad. You wouldn't get that amount. No. So it's just it, I once got they, it's uh-huh. it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, I once got a, a throne from a balloon. Yeah. And I sold it and I think it gave me like nine hundred thousand bells oh, or something yeah. like that. Or maybe it was ninety. I don't know. I was young and all I knew was that it was a lot and I paid off my mortgage and it was great. Yeah. Tom Nook though, he's he's got a I wish system. it was like a real life thing that we could shoot valuable things out of the sky, but most likely it'd be illegal. Oh man, if I could, if I could live my life like on Animal Crossing where I wake up and let's water, go hunt some bugs. Water my flower, go go catch some insects, trade them for money, and then go pick fruit. If I want to feel good, donate it to a museum. Yeah, like, it time. sounds like the my when we talked about that ep- the episode where we talked about like your your heaven on earth is mm-hmm. fucking Animal Crossing. Oh my god! If I could live an Animal Crossing life and have cute little neighbors and just focus on watering plants and gardening like it's kind of why i kind of want to have a farm is i just want i want to live but animal at the crossing. same time we all got bored of animal crossing at some point yeah i haven't played in like so it's wrong there's something wrong with the system you know I legitimately haven't no, played I'm in kidding. three months it's because life there's real life to yeah, take care dude, of I, I work too much i barely have time for like like actual like live television yeah. I just rewatch old shows now at this point. And maybe if the characters had a little bit more dimension, it would be more fun. Yeah. Because they kind of give... I mean, the lines are cute. The things that they say are cute. But, you know, I hear the same thing about how Ace is lifting weights every single day. I'm like, Ace, you got to find a new hobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not to mention if, God forbid, they make you, like, pick a nickname and they call you a dumb nickname. And you're like, oh, man. Come on, man. Oh. Anyway. Fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I think they eventually ask you to, like, oh, you want, me, you want me to call you something else? And they finally call you something else. Oh, too. yeah. But then in that moment, you're kind of like, well, I don't uh, know what you uh, should call shoot, me. Shoot, just call me boss. Yeah. <laughs> hey, boss. <laughs> 
Cute. No one's ever called me boss before. I think I had one of them say, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. That's cute. That's super cute. But anyway, NFTs are weird. Uh, That's all I have to say about him. Uh, Yeah, the internet and its future with money is strange. But there's also some cool things on the internet and streaming. I was talking to Megs about some movies. There's a movie coming out today called Army of the Dead. It's a Zack Snyder film. He recently released the, uh, what is it, uncut version of Justice League. And it was really long, but I thought it was really amazing. I also saw the Day of the Dead that he did. I think that came out like, what, 2004, 2008, something like that. I enjoyed that, so I'm really excited to see this Las Vegas zombie thriller because I haven't seen a good zombie thing since, shoot, that one Korean film, <laughs> uh, Train to Busan. Mm, I haven't seen that. Train to Busan's a really good film. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. The sequel, Peninsula, was okay. That one's basically is like uh, it's basically about Korea mm-hmm. um, gets infected with this disease that turns people into zombies and because korea is an isolated con like country mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's basically the shutting down of this country and keeping it isolated those who escape cool um very lucky few and uh korea becomes a wasteland and you can only go there if you choose to go there it's gonna be a death mission yeah i think i think that's also part of the fascination of zombie movies is because a lot of the times they're based on like things that I don't know, like, they almost, like, take it a little bit too far, but it's still based on, like, oh, this was a virus, this was a, you know, experiment. Mm -hmm. Things that could technically happen, but I don't know if we have the capacity for it. But I think that's also why people were so, like, freaked out over coronavirus stuff. Yeah. It gave off, like, like, zombie vibes, for sure. Mm -hmm. But instead of becoming a zombie, you just died. I wish we had zombies. No, I don't wish it. I'm scared. I mean, no, I feel, uh, we talked about this before. <laughs> I feel like I would do well in a zombie apocalypse, post-apocalyptic Mad Max world. Dude, I'm like that. I'm the one person in the movie who like seems to have the good idea, but dies very early on oh, just because no. they overthinking shit. Oh. That won't be me. Oh, well, <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so zombie films, you told me that this movie coming out, what was it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's coming out in theaters, but they just announced that Hocus Pocus 2 is coming. Ew. Which, uh, I mean, yeah. yes. Cool. So, I mean, Hocus Pocus is a Halloween classic. If you haven't watched it, who are you? How mm. old are you? Probably too young to be listening to this podcast, so yeah. go talk to your mom about Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's classic, excellent movie. I'm mildly concerned about it because it's very rare that a sequel does well after a certain amount of time i think it's almost like why are you doing it the money yeah the original is so good but it's nice to know that like all the original cast is going to be in it at least the sanderson sisters Mm -hmm. so i think it'll be just kind of like a they're back and then there's new kids that they can pester so i think i think it'll be good i think it'll do well no matter what because it's on a streaming kind of thing uh, I'm just, I'm going to just watch it just because of pure nostalgia. But, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of Disney gatekeeper that's like, not the same. It's not supposed to be the same. That's why it's number two. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. That'll be super cool. Um, what else is coming out movie-wise? Oh, A Quiet Place 2 is coming oh, out. I'm, I'm excited about that. that. 
And that actually is going to be in theaters. And I haven't seen a theater movie since midsummer, so I kind of want to go. Honestly, same. Yeah, thing. it's been a freaking while since yeah. I've been to the movies. So I think, and that's supposed to come out. I think next week is I think is when they're going to be doing like actual. Well, the world's opening up. Very. I went to. I'm not going to say where, but I went out to have a beverage before I came here, and. uh Half of the staff wasn't wearing masks. And I it, it was kind of like, well, now because the rules are if you're vaccinated, you can, don't have to wear one. Yeah. I still wear one out of politeness because I don't know how people feel about it. Yeah. But I'm slowly seeing, at least in Orange County, depending on the business, uh, there's a few places that are slowly just kind of letting people pick and choose Dude, if they want to yeah. wear one or not. And it... Blew my mind. I went out last Friday, same exact thing. I went out last Friday, and I'm vaccinated. My partner's vaccinated. We're feeling chill. Mm -hmm. But we walked up, not a single mask in sight. And I was wearing mine, and I, like, kind of, like, slowly pulled it down, like, I was, like, in between. It's so funny. There's, like, a meme where it's, like, this guy... And he's like, vaccine people don't have to wear masks. And he's like, yeah. He takes off his mask. And it's like, oh, but I want to see him like an anti-masker. And he puts it back on. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but also like no mask. And, and it's just like, it, that's exactly how I feel right now. It's like, I, I respect the masks and I respect people. And I want everyone to feel comfortable. But I also hate masks. I hate wearing, I, I've hated wearing a mask just because it gives me mask knee. Uh, I like kind of missing people's faces, but I'm not weird about it. I'm not like, take off your masks but uh like if people are ready like i'm again i'm vaccinated i feel chill but it's just so weird because like i just want everyone to feel comfortable yeah such a, that is that is exactly where i'm at right now i am also vaccinated safe, i want to be safe and respectful mm-hmm. especially when it comes to food service industry yeah i worked in food for basically my whole career i'm in a field of food service now or I'm not a direct facing customer person but I was for 16 years of my career so like I get it and I've been noticing a lot even with the you cannot you don't have to wear your mask anymore a lot of food industries jobs servers uh, pharmacists doctors a lot of there's different customer facing interactions banks like things like that they're still required to wear masks i mean target employees all wear masks like so there's we have to yeah so like there's there's things where like unless the workplace is comfortable with it you kind of have to follow the rules no matter what so i kind of just carry one in my bag no matter what same and um, this was just kind of one of the first places that I went up to, and there wasn't like a, there was more people not wearing a mask than there was wearing one, and I didn't expect to have such a reaction because I it was what it's weird. It is weird. you know like a year and a half ago nobody wore masks like that wasn't a thing, and it's become in a short amount of time such a weird like oh shoot I have to go back to my house and grab my mask before I go to work or go to the grocery store so. I feel very sensitive towards food service people because even if they are vaccinated, a lot of the protocol is to wear a mask now. And I'm a little worried that because of people's, like, uh, uneducated bias towards people who are in the food industry, thinking that they're 
you know, uneducated or beneath them or whatever. I feel like I'm worried that service industry jobs are going to be the ones that are like, well, you should wear a mask. You're serving me. Yeah. Like I, I get nervous when I'm at a restaurant and the server comes up and was wearing a mask. And because I'm seated at my table, I'm magically safe now. Like it, it bothered me before I got vaccinated. I would still like kind of like cover my mouth a little bit because I was like, I, you want to be respectful and not spread germs because Let's be honest, it doesn't matter if you're at a restaurant or at a bar, like before you get vaccinated, you are risking others, yeah. which is what made eating out so who creepy for me. I still would occasionally, but I still felt guilty. Now I'm vaccinated. I feel safe taking it off at a restaurant, but at the same time, my server comes up. I don't know if they're vaccinated, but more than likely they are. They just are doing it out of protocol. And I'm like, I... It's a mixture of like, I want to be respectful, but also I'm vaccinated, yeah. but I also don't want to feel like a dick. But then also, uh, I followed the rules. I wore my mask when I was supposed to. Like, yeah. it should be good. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, Ugh. So yeah, it was it was really weird. I I still, I ended up just keeping it on when I went inside. and Oh yeah, same. If I was ordering it, I'd put it on because I was like, I want to respect that person for sure. It was just, I think... Everyone what, else is obviously making a choice here. Yeah, and yeah. what just, what threw me off is I was first very excited to see, like, the server is not wearing a mask. I was like, oh, good. Like, the, their boss understands, like, oh, they're all vaccinated. Probably mm-hmm. they're good. But then I got kind of nervous, and I was like, well, now I'm, like, the one person in this room wearing a mask. Do I look like I'm unvaccinated? <laughs> but then I'm like, but I am vaccinated. So I could just take this off. And I'm like, but I just... I, it, it was the weird weird conundrum. I ended up like leaving anyway earlier than I had planned to just because I was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Absolutely. Also, my food took too long, so I just ended up taking it to go. But I digress. Anyway, yeah, so it's weird. Yeah, so speaking of food and beverage service, I think it is time for a good old beverage break. Yes. Especially since uh, beverage, break. beverage break, especially since last week was half gas. So grab a glasses and let's go. All right, so what are we drinking today? <laughs> my glass is empty. So I have to refill my What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking this uh, hard seltzer from Topo Chico. Heck yeah. Popo Gijo. Don't be a... <laughs> it doesn't make you a Topo Chica or Tipico Chica to drink a Topo Chico. Do you know... Um, okay, this is very... Ob- the Popo Gijo quote is a very... Popo Gijo? Ob- it's a very obscure quote. Did you ever see the movie The Santa Claus? No. Is it... What's Popo Gijo, though? Popo Gijo is Santa Claus <laughs> oh. in another language. Okay. But um, it's when... Uh, Tim Allen, the guy that plays the guy that turns into Santa Claus, okay, yes, yes, yes. he is talking to the police officer, and they're like, "What's his name? What's your name?" And he's like, "Santa Claus, Chris Kringle," and he goes through the different like they say Father Christmas, whatever, and then he goes Papa Shijo. <laughs> but he says it like specifically like that, just kind of in a mocking tone. So it's one of those random movie quotes that my sister and I were randomly. Converse in movie quotes. That's but so out of nowhere, funny. we'll just be like, oh, what's going on? Popo Chicho. Popo Chicho. I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, so every time I say Topo Chico, I think in my head, Popo Chicho. That's actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But yeah, um, I see Tepochico a lot working in in the industry that I'm at. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's it tends to be a, a, an accompaniment to the beverage case. Oh <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. So n- when I heard I had um, they had sparkling hard seltzer, my first interaction to it was kind of like, hmm, why does everyone need to do a seltzer? seltzer. Yeah. I get it. Um, Topo Chico is one of those things too, where like if, I forgot what's in it exactly, but you're not supposed to have too much of. Really, Topo all I know Chico. is that it's super bubbly. Yeah, there's a, at least the, the there's water. A specific mineral in it that like mm. you would have to drink a crap ton of it in order to have it become a, an issue. But I forgot the article. Um, I'll I'll send it to you or something. But basically, you would have to drink like a case of it a day in order to like become. It, like, affects your liver or something. Anyway, oh. some sort of mineral in there. So, long story short, drinking too much of anything is probably bad, even yeah. water. So, even if something is water, be careful, especially with mineral, <laughs> mineral and be careful sparkling water, waters. guys. Um, so, I was kind of like, uh, I mean, I get, uh, the hype I never got, but I'm always down to try a sparkling seltzer, and I'm trying it. It's good. It's super good. It's good. I, I like that one. She's like having the, lemon lime. I like the idea that it's still only one calorie, but it still tastes sweet. 100. Or, well, yeah, 100. 100 <laughs> calories. I was like, I wish it was like one calorie. Yeah, so like 100 calories. I make a point to, yeah. if I'm ever getting a seltzer, and this is pro tip for all of you people, like looking for a seltzer is usually kind of wanting to watch your calories, calories yeah. and carbs, right? We're all in that boat. Summer is upon us. I get it. My thing is, is people will not look at the can and be like, oh, it's a seltzer. It's healthy for you. Not there are so some not. seltzers that are dangerous and at that point you look at it you're like i have to just drink a beer and it's the same calories exactly and it's because like sugar Sugar. and malt liquor and whatever they put in it this one's still 100 so that's great but it still tastes a little sweeter than i expected Mm -hmm. yeah and they have a i was telling uh her earlier that they have a strawberry one and it tastes just like strawberry ramen i had a mango one earlier and it didn't taste like fake mango like i don't like this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't like mango white claw. Um, yeah, so. It just tastes like fake mango. It doesn't make me happy. Uh, the Topachico mango one did taste like mango, and I was stoked on it because it has just almost like a creamer taste to it. Uh, and there was one more flavor, but I did not try it. I think not that I can recall, but oh well. Point is, is that I give them an eight out of ten. Yeah, no, they're they're super good. I really like it. I did on a side note. Try there's a new flavor pack for White Claw. It's number three now. Really? And it has a blackberry flavor Ooh, in there. Delicious. That sounds the lovely. Pineapple is actually really good too. I like watermelon. Yeah. Water- <gasps> pineapple, that was the other Topuchica flavor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Pineapple it tastes like pineapple. Pineapple hard seltzer is always pretty. I always go for the citrusy flavors. This one from Topuchico is lemon lime. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Tastes like kind of like a like a soda. I thought it tastes like sherbet yeah, or like, like a, a like tangy. a cream soda. Yeah, they even say tangy on there, so I'm mm-hmm. like, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm like 4.7, just a light, yeah. a brisk beverage with it's a little delicious. buzz. It's delicious. I really like this, so I will probably buy these. Nice. Found at your local 7-Eleven in the very corner. Uh, very bottom corner. Hidden from 7-11. the rest. Thanks, 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so we're going to dive into, speaking of food, meat, part of the episode, uh, we do want to have a slight trigger warning. We're talking about all things food, so good things about food and the bad things about food. Both of us have had good relationships and bad relationships, so we're going to be talking about 
food as a thing in, in general, but also people's relationships with it. So if you ha- currently are struggling with food, um, we're just warning you that we might say things that are triggering to you. Yeah, but I mean, the hopes is to be honest, but also yeah. the bulk of it is to be pleasant. Pleasant, yes. But yes, we're not yes, going to. Sh- we're like not a- here to sugarcoat things. We yeah. keeps it real here on Talking in Tangents. Oh, so geez. that's why we want to do the trigger warning. We know that it's a sensitive subject for some people. Um, but hopefully, but, we have a good message yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, but we, ob- no, we're gonna have a good message at the end of it. We, we promise you it'll be good. All right, cool. Good. 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 talk about food now uh, for dinner i ate uh, a chicken bowl rice and beans and veggies and it was delicious and cheese all over the place what'd you have for dinner i had a very fancy food truck quesadilla hell yeah at a local establishment and i needed some i actually still have one more slice left but it had like it was called the black widow quesadilla and it had like a salsa verde and carne asada in it and lots of cheese see that sounds amazing i grew up in san antonio texas and therefore i was raised with tex-mex and mcdonald's um yeehaw Yeehaw. yeah i always i can't remember what i ate as a like a very young child but i know that i grew up in a household where at least when i was younger uh, we were we always had cereal in the morning weekends we always had pancakes always every single weekend and then on also on weekends we'd always have barbecue that's not a thing barbecue is always on the weekends fajita tuesdays mcdonald's mondays i think mcdonald's used to have a thing on mondays where kids meals were like super cheap yep yeah i don't know if that's still a thing but my mom would take definitely us- not now nope <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, my mom would take us to McDonald's every Monday um, because she had four kids. I understand it. That's the thing to do. Um, a lot of pasta, a lot of tuna casseroles. And I think that's why I still eat a lot of pasta to this day. Um, yeah. And also my parents tried to cook different things. So I was never like a picky eater growing up. Uh, the only food I hated and I still can't really, I can't tell if I dislike it to this day. I think I do. I think I don't like it. Uh, it's cauliflower. Because I like cauliflower and other things, but by itself, I think it's the most disgusting thing in the entire world. Cauliflower just tastes like farts. It tastes like um, water broccoli. Like there's nothing. Oh, I also don't like water chestnuts. I also think those are disgusting. Yeah, who likes a water chestnut? I don't know. They keep throwing it in Ew. like Asian rice and stuff. And I don't oh, understand God. it. It crunches weird. Yeah. The texture is Texture is disgusting. But... Uh, what crunch yeah i remember my mom cooked cauliflower when i was little and i literally held my breath and pretended like it was poison gas i would run from one area of the house to wherever i needed to go and i would hold my breath and i was like if i breathe this i die and that was it um but yeah no i i I ate everything enjoyed all the foods i was vegan for a two years i was vegetarian for one um that was really hard when I was uh, in high school and college, but we'll get into more about high school and college later and why I chose to become vegan and vegetarian. But what was food like for you growing up? Food growing up was, was I feel like a, a balance of healthy, but also, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, you, you could only do so much. Mm-hmm. But what my mom did very well was... 
you know, it, it was like eating out was like a treat. Mm-hmm. So when we did eat at home, we tried to be as like healthy as possible. But like like I said, for like you said, it's a, a lot of casseroles. Yeah, um, some of the casseroles and sloppy joes. Yeah, like Parents those love them. those kind of things. It's and and now like especially like when I've like babysat and stuff, like you start to realize it's probably just because kids are just harder to feed than they we are. think. Sure, and. Um, yeah, no, I, but I didn't have a particularly unhealthy relationship with food either. It was just food was just kind of food as a kid. Mm-hmm. Certain things were treats. Um, my mom didn't really believe in sugary cereals or sodas growing up. Yeah. I got those when I went to my grandparents' house. So I had like water and juice at home and like fruit and vegetable carrot sticks for snacks. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, peanut butter and jellies, things like that. Um but, uh, like, certain things were, were treats to me. So yeah. cereal was a treat for me because mm-hmm. normally we would have, like, oatmeal or something, like, ugh, like, things like that. And um, things that I didn't like as a kid, I now like as an adult. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's gross. But my mom used to make this thing called tater tot casserole. And it was basically, like, ground beef and, like, a gravy with, like, tater tots on top. Interesting. And baked. Which is like poor, poor people food. Like you have ground beef, you have probably some some sort of cream of something soup, and you potatoes, potatoes, and like and you like the frozen hash brown yeah, tater yeah. tots, and just layer it on top, and it made like this weird gray color. I remember as a kid, and it was just like I remember being came like oh gross. <laughs> my mom was like eat it. It's food, it's dinner. And then as an adult, my sister and I have talked about this recently, where we were like all of a sudden out of nowhere, we were like. And I'm really having a weird craving for it. Because if you think That's about it, so funny. it's, it's ground beef and potatoes. potatoes. It's literally carbs and meat. And Which like now we love. it was like salty <laughs> and savory and just like easy, just eats. Like I probably could have it now and be like, this is delicious. But as a kid, it was I hated it. It was awful. Were your parents the type of parents that said you're not allowed to leave the table until you finish your food? Mm-hmm. Same here. Same here. And that was a big old, I think that maybe it comes from being from a family. Like with four kids, my my dad worked two jobs. Like we, <coughs> I never felt that we were financially struggling. And to this day, I don't know what their finances were like. But uh, maybe that's just the thing where like, hey, we worked for this food. We don't want it to go to waste. You have to eat everything on your plate. So the napkin trick became a big thing for me. Or I have a napkin and I would chew my food and then I'd spin to my napkin and be like, I need another napkin. My mom's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, this broccoli's just too messy. Yeah. Or cauliflower for that oh, matter. Oh, yeah. Like like certain things that were cooked a certain way. And what's weird is like now like I've gone to dinner like at my mom's and like she cooks great food. Mm-hmm. It was more just like as a kid you're told like you want to have chicken nuggets you want to have all these things yeah. like especially back in like the 90s too like you, kids what kids perceive as like good food like now it doesn't make sense like and then like seeing my nieces and nephews we weren't I wasn't picky as a child I ate what was in front of me even if I didn't like it my grandparents wouldn't let me leave the table if I didn't like that kind of thing yeah um now I'm seeing like a younger generation. It's almost like I feel like there's a little bit more catering to it. Mm-hmm. I think my sister's a little bit more sympathetic because she was probably the pickiest of all of us three kids. Oh. She didn't like her food touching. <laughs> so she had like the little separation plates. Like yeah. carrots could not touch mashed potatoes. 
Like, peas could not touch this. Must eat separate. And I didn't care. I would just eat whatever. And I was one of those people that would take the mashed potatoes and scoop the peas into it. And I would be like, look. And she'd be like, ew, gross. And I'm like, everything's touching. Yeah. And then also, because I was like a nerd, I was like, you know, technically when you eat it, it's all touching in the (laughs) stomach. She'd be like, shut up, Megan. And I'm like, what? And we're fighting at the table. My grandma's like, can you please just shut up and eat, please? Eat food, please. But it's, it's my grandma, and she never said shut up. She's like, you you girls need to sit down, eat your food, drink your milk. I don't like milk to this day because of my grandma. Really? She would always insist. And, you know, she grew up in, like, 50s and whatever. So each of our dinners as a kid growing up would always have a glass of milk. Same. Yeah. That's so funny. I did not like milk. And my sister loved milk, so she would finish her glass. And, like, milk is best when cold. We all agree yeah. this, right? I would wait till the end, but then at that point, milk is warm. And I'd be, like, gagging. And, be like, and she'd be just like, finish your milk. And I'm like, I don't want to milk. Can I put chocolate in it? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, like, I didn't have a bad relationship with food, but, you know, I was a kid. I wanted snacks and stuff yeah. so whenever i did get a treat those were like big deals Absolutely. um mcdonald's is a big deal for us i never really got a happy meal unless it was like my birthday oh wow um we would have to share meals because mm-hmm. my mom being my mom and you know not having a lot of money too like happy meals were expensive because it came with like a toy or whatever mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I could just get, like, the two cheeseburger meal, and you each get a hamburger, and you each split the fries. You're not going to eat that much food. Like, mm-hmm. it's, she knows, like, kids only eat a little bit at a yeah. time anyway, too. So she's just like, we want the toys. She's like, no. You don't need it. Eventually, she would, like, cave in and, like. We're missing we, out too much. Yeah. We, they, we, you liked them for 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah well, once once all, like, the Disney toys started coming to McDonald's, then she, like, caved in. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll let you guys. Fine. Fine. But we're like, yeah. <laughs> But, like, that was a big treat. Uh, Cereal, like, um, Captain Crunch and Lucky Charms were, like, a treat in our house. Mm, Yeah, our treat was uh, Cocoa Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never got – I was only allowed to get sugary cereals if they were, like, kind of – if they seemed like they weren't too extensive. Like, Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, they they somehow met the threshold of not being super – crazy sugary but like when it came to things that were straight up like sugar like lucky charms and captain crunch i wasn't allowed to eat those yeah so I, yeah like so i think even now like even like which i appreciate yeah in retrospect it's you know. still one of those things where like i feel like every kid wants to have the things that they can't have and you think when you get older you're i'm just gonna eat donuts lunchables. and whatever and l- all day oh lunchables all were. the other kids had lunchables i never had lunchables i was so jealous of lunchables. me too i don't even know why it's not even that good looking at it but like for some reason i was just like what the heck that looks so good they get it like a it cookie was, with their meal it was like what? A, it was like a luxury thing and it really honestly like, it is it's thinking, pre-packaged lunch. thinking about it it was really just a money thing yeah and i think it's hard to understand and have people relate to unless you you've come from like a similar background. But I feel like a lot of kids had that. I remember I was I would be so sad with my like peanut butter and jelly sandwich and my apple and juice and like to be fair like having a Capri Sun, an apple and some carrots and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a good balanced meal lunch for what a nine year old. Yeah. But I remember turning and looking at my friend and she had a bologna sandwich. On, on white bread, not wheat bread. My mom never bought white bread. She was always about, like, sneaking healthy somewhere. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So like whether it's, you know, wheat bread instead of white bread or, you know, whatever, like there was always a way to have something that was a little bit healthier. Because like sugar and processed things, my mom was like, eh, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. So I remember looking and I'm looking at my like like multi-grain peanut butter and jelly and then my friend had these perfect little rectangle bologna sandwiches. Her <laughs> mom cut off the crusts on like white bread and it was just white bread mayonnaise bologna and that was it and i remember being like oh i want that. i want that and i like traded half of my sandwich for her bologna sandwich she also had gogurt and i was like oh, <laughs> oh yeah, go-gurt. i want I gogurt and it had so much sugar yeah. she my mom would be like you don't need gogurt we have yogurt at home and i'm like but it's not like the same but it's not like blueberry and pink swirl yeah and she did not get that she's like no you eat yogurt like and she also like came from poorer backgrounds so i think she just didn't get it either yeah and to this day now that i think about it i was like oh well it's probably a good call as a parent there's so much processed sugar yeah i to be fair i wouldn't shit i'm not gonna buy gogurts for elliot like sometimes her grandma sneaks in some like unhealthy stuff um and i all yeah, exactly. Was well, so that's what they're for? But like, uh, if you're looking at my fridge, we like we don't have anything like that. No, and I, I think it's because like I know I was upset about it when I was growing up that I couldn't eat those things. But I think it built healthy eating habits going moving forward into the future. Like I know what's good for me. I know what's bad for me. I don't assume that processed foods are normal, which is fine. If you like, if you're eating a processed food diet, that's totally okay. But it's not it's not gonna be that good for you. In the long run. In the long run. Yeah. It's fine. Everyone can do what they want. But that's just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same. Like certain things were treats. Certain and mostly like the things that were treats were just kind of out of our budget. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I mean, I, I was a very kind of like skinny kid too. Same. I had a high metabolism. I was so, so active. I just kind of like ate like a little bird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just didn't really think about food until until I got older, really. Like, it was just food was food. And, like, you just wanted snacks, but you just didn't get them because you were a kid. So when you got the snacks. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, speaking of, like, getting older. So there, I think it was about when I was 13 years old, 13 or 14 years old. uh, I said that every weekend my, my dad, he would make pancakes. Right. And so uh, there was like a weekend where me and my siblings, we did a pancake eating contest to see who could eat the most pancakes. And I'm like entering high school and I'm still participating in this. And I ate so many pancakes. And then uh, I was still eating the same as my siblings. And then sure enough, next the next week, I noticed like I had a lot of weight in my face. I was like, oh, whatever. That's fine. I was never chubby as a kid. Never, ever, ever. And then <laughs> and then puberty hit. Uh, and then I noticed myself getting more weight and more weight and more weight. And I was, I was eating the same. I was very, 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 very confused. And, but at the same time I was gaining weight, but it, it didn't really seem to be problematic in any way. Like I wasn't necessarily like, Oh, I'm getting weight. I'm, I'm getting fat. Uh, no, I think that was, that conversation was only sparked whenever like parents and like family started commenting on it and that I mean I I I don't know at what point it's necessary and what point it's just rude but it definitely got to the point where like I started going I moved to my dad's house when I was 13 um moved in with my dad left my mom and when I would go visit her 
every time she would call me on my weight. And I, I associated it that she was mad at me for leaving to go live with my dad. But then it got to the point where it was getting to my head where she was like saying, oh, well, why are you getting an, an extra scoop of mac and cheese right now? Oh, you want dessert? Well, you should probably go do like 20 sit-ups upstairs. And it got, yeah, it was just started getting weird. And I was just like, like something's wrong. And my mom would be like, she essentially taught <laughs> me and my sisters that we don't need to eat a lot. And then if we do want to eat, we either have to sacrifice a meal or we have to exercise or I truly like my memory's foggy on it because it is kind of a hard time in my life. But someone taught me how to be bulimic. I don't know who. I don't know if it was myself or if it was like suggested to me. Part of my brain tells me that my mom taught me to do this or she at least put planted the seed in my brain. But there were, like, I think maybe my sophomore year, I was bulimic until probably the, I think it was the end of senior year of high school. And so, like, if I ate ice cream, I would just go throw it up afterward. Or if I ate too much of anything, if I wanted to eat a meal, I would throw it up. If I I knew what I was eating was unhealthy, my body would physically react and then I would throw up. But I didn't necessarily lose weight because at the same time I was stress eating, and so it was like a really, like high school became very weird. It became weird in that I knew my body was changing. It became weird that in 11th grade, suddenly girls were wearing makeup and wearing like tight clothing and Hollister and Aeropostale were popular. And if you were, if you grew up or were a teenager or young adult between the years of like 2008 to 2000 and like, no, not even 2008, 2005, to 2011 like super tight shirts were in oh yeah everyone was super tight everything fashionable was thin super skinny yeah and so like i would buy shirts that were in fashion but it would like hug everything and i started feeling super self-conscious and i didn't see food as like a good thing anymore i didn't see food as a good thing more i downloaded uh, my fitness pal and I would log all of my calories. I would make sure to run every single morning and then at night and log my calories and see where I would fit in. And that wasn't quite working. So I was like, you know what? That's when I decided to become uh, vegan. I became vegan, I think at the end of my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that continued into college, this constant battle with like, how do I get skinny? And uh, I, I all associated it with just food. Because um, my life was pretty busy with school. And so I couldn't be active all the time. Yes, I ran a lot in high school. But like once I got to college especially, like I couldn't control that anymore. So it just became a diet thing. I was constantly looking up diets. I was constantly thinking what food, like researching what foods can raise my metabolism. And no long, like when I went shopping, like I didn't dare look at certain types of foods. Like I didn't dare look at cheese. I didn't dare look at like any milk products. So obviously because I was vegan. Uh, I didn't bother looking at like bread, um, pasta, like I just tried to eat like veggies, veggies and rice. And, uh, you know what? I was vegan, but I ate eggs. I don't know what you would call that, but I didn't see a problem with eggs as long as they, I would buy the really expensive eggs, but whatever. I loved eggs that much. Uh, and that's another thing too. Food can be seen in a sense of like uh, your environmental and social responsibility as a consumer. Like, do I want to buy a free range? Do I want to buy organic? Do I want to buy um, fair t- <laughs> fucking fair trade coffee or something? Uh, stupid as shit. I'm kidding. 
Some of these certifications are bullshit, by the way, but whatever. Um, it's fine. Everything's a lie. I mean, the organic thing is half of a ploy, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Organic thing is like, okay, so organic, just so you guys know, I, I have a background in dealing with organic certification. Um, it's an extensive process, and you can absolutely be sure that your your, <laughs> your anything is organic. Uh, because it has to be inspected uh, on an annual basis. However, it's bullshit in that like people have to pay a fuck ton of money in order to put that stamp on their label. And you could have an organic product that's not labeled as organic just because they couldn't get the certification. And then again, there's the uncertified organics that are just labeled organic, but then they might be lying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, like if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna peel a fruit or cook something. Like those chemicals are gonna go bite bite. You're gonna wash it off. It's fine. You're gonna peel it off. It's fine. Wash your fruit and veggies if you don't. Yeah, (laughs) just do. I mean, there's so much. Yeah, the pesticide stuff too. Like half the time they can't afford the pesticides, let alone the certifications. So you're more than likely fine. What's going to kill you is not the pesticide that you forgot to wash that apple that one time. It's probably pollution or you know some sort of other ecological issue anyway yeah yeah i, oh, I totally get you on on the, the organic crap like, yeah i'm just like just wash your food yeah so basically going from childhood childhood is happy time happy time with food ate everything ate all the treats dessert every night dessert was so big in my well yeah dessert was really big in my family we always had ice cream or candy because that was like the reward at the end of the day and it was something that my parents could hold against us if you don't eat your food you don't get dessert does that create a healthy relationship with dessert and food? Yes, it does. Am I still doing the same thing with my daughter? A little bit, but I'm trying to be aware of it. Because right now, I like if she eats something or she does something correctly, I'm like, here, have a pocky. You just saw it an hour ago. Yeah, but uh, it was one It was one pocky. Yeah, it was like, one. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Having, knowing, my thing is, and if I ever have kids, I would do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. treats are treats, and my parents did that. What really constitutes a problem is from what i've experienced is amounts of stuff yeah amounts of food exactly if they don't teach you the amount and they just say one thing is bad then you ultimately just think all ice cream is bad whereas if you think of it as the amount is probably what's causing the issue if you don't learn that early that's what becomes a problem yeah like like, i shouldn't have eaten pancakes but (laughs) but also like amount stuff also can cause a trigger because that's where counting calories comes in that's where portion control comes in and portion control is important my mom still to this day she bought me like really nice plates when i moved into my new apartment she's like oh look at these plates i got them in anthropology and i'm like oh these are really cute and she's like yeah they're small so you have good portion control and i was just kind of like that's yeah it's it's subconscious mom things where she like it really is it makes sense though because like the smaller your plate you're more in control of your portions because you're fitting everything on there. And you can get another plate if you want to. Right. But but yes, it is good to like eat a small plate and recognize, oh, I'm full now. Yeah, yeah but as, as long as you know and you're controlling that portion control and it doesn't trigger you into a calorie spiral, we're good. But yeah. like, I, it, it's kind of how like when you were saying that you were struggling as a teen, like I, I get that. Like portion control was a big thing with my mom. I was very lucky. I was very small, and I wasn't the one that was picked on for weight stuff. My sister was, and she's not that much bigger than 
me well, wasn't that much bigger than me then. Um, she's bigger now, but she also had three kids, so that's different. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing that and hearing that and being like, oh, well, my mom would like constantly be asking her, like, oh, like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you go on a run? Like all these kind of things. And I remember it like triggered my mom, my sister specifically, just just like what happened with you. Yeah. I never got that because I was scrawny. Mm-hmm. Like thin like to a point where people were like are you good are you eating Mm -hmm. and I just like I had insecurities because I didn't even really get boobs until I was in college Mm -hmm. so I was just like no matter what I did working out eating whatever it just kind of there's no mass there nothing was there and then I'm also like I didn't want to be big but I also wanted to look like a woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I had a very I still was uncomfortable and just felt like not, I just felt like a small boy, really. Yeah. Um, so it was, it made me uncomfortable and then I just didn't like food. Food wasn't fun for me. It was just kind of sustaining myself. So it wasn't like a bad thing, but it wasn't a great relationship. Yeah. Um, I didn't get really into food until... I got older and then started working in the food industry as well as like watching different cooking shows and, and also having money to go out to restaurants and yeah, try new things and like yeah. try new things like we were very like middle class when yeah. it came growing up so like our food like I explained like you know lots of casseroles mm-hmm. still a balance of like water and veggies and things like that but it was still like middle America food yeah um we had a little bit of ethnicity like thrown in there because my my mom has a Mexican side of her family. Yeah. So I grew up with a lot of like Mexican based dishes. So lots of that kind of stuff too. So I wasn't completely oblivious to other cultures. Yeah. But as I got older and then went into college and met a lot of different friends, um, different ethnicities and all that kind of stuff, I started getting more into food and being like, mm-hmm. oh, there's so much out here. And now to this day, I am the most adventurous when it comes to food. My sister barely eats sushi. Like, you know, my you know, my brother and I are probably the ones that are the most adventurous. But, yeah. like, it's kind of like you start to kind of see the world in a different eye when you start to Absolutely. see different cultures. And then yeah. that's when I started to kind of fall in love with food. Before, it was, like, just pretty... Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Something was not found. Um, yeah, so basically just like a, the, the world kind of opened up when I started meeting new people, different foods and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it was not, not great, but not bad. My, my bad relationship from food didn't come till later, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge as well. So you continue for now after high school. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I wanted to make one point though too you brought up a really good point by being exposed to the cultures and helping with food so i think a reason why i wasn't ever a picky eater too was because i grew up in san antonio and so i also like even though i came from a white family like we ate a lot of mexican food and then also like i I was constantly surrounded by mexican culture i lived on the border of a german town in texas so i got exposed to german food uh, my grandpa would always cook seafood. Uh, in sixth grade, I went to a Turkish school. 
And so then I learned, I got to try a bunch of different Mediterranean food. By seventh grade, I was obsessed with anime. So then I was diving hardcore into Japanese mm. and Asian food. I'm still obsessed with Japanese Dude, food. Dude, I'm so obsessed with Japanese food. You go on Japanese, Japanese YouTube and just watch all the food being oh made. Oh my <sighs> gosh, I'm so obsessed. And like my mom had an affinity for French culture. So then she would make French food or like if we, <laughs> if we weren't feeling that adventure, adventurous, we'd just go to Cajun because Cajun's like the American French. Um, but anyway, yeah. Th- so that's a really good point to bring up like being exposed to other cultures, I think definitely helps with the relationship with food because you recognize what the world's relationship with food is. It brings different flavors to the world. So many different flavors. I, the first time I yeah. had Indian food, I was 22. And now Indian food food is my comfort food. Same. I had an Indian food uh, restaurant next to my college dorm, and I would go there for food, and I was just like, samosas are amazing. Curry is bomb. I love all of this. Oh, Um, yeah, and there's different areas of India that do different types of food, too. mm -hmm. So, like, depending on which, like, there's a lot of vegetarian options for Indian food depending on the section of India that you're – Hey, that's like something too yeah once i was vegan too mm-hmm. I, I definitely tried out a lot of different like vegan and vegetarian um indian foods because it was just so like it's a culture that where like, that's a, easily accessible i had a vegetarian i guess a quasi vegetarian phase in like college too mm-hmm. yeah. um i'm just oh. not, i i also was a weird germaphobe too as a kid so i didn't like dealing with raw meat so when i started cooking stuff i ended up subconsciously cooking a lot of vegetarian food so mm-hmm. i was vegetarian for a hot minute unless like the boyfriend that i had at the time like cooked meat i would i would yeah. i would eat that but i would never cook with it now i'm okay with cooking it myself but before i just didn't like I'm, touching it i'm also scared of meat i i wasn't scared of meat until like a year ago when i got a meat thermometer finally thank god yeah meat thermometer saved the day i'm sorry uh, yeah I it took, it took day me giving like, myself oh and uh my fiance food poisoning one too many times and I, I once I saw a baby was in the picture a toddler was picture was eating our food I was like frick I cannot give her food poisoning or I'll cry like I'll die if I give a baby food poisoning yeah but um college college and university so yeah that's that was my vegan stage that's also whenever like the, the certain college I went to or university I went to had a lot of very attractive people And also, this is when Instagram was kind of just really building steam with influencers. Mm -hmm. This was 2013 when I went into uh, university. And so then, like, image became a big thing. Also, my boyfriend was in a different city than me. And he, like, I was so self-conscious about, like, oh, he's going to leave me for someone prettier than me. And I just associated being skinny with... uh, being like attractive and him staying with me which is so dumb but whatever and then also like my mom was happier when I was well, she was nicer to me whenever I was skinny and so that's so fucked up and to this day my my I still have family members specifically and no I'm not gonna say specifically I still have family members who will point out our weight changes and what we look like and ask how much we weigh and it's very uncomfortable but whatever um so in college, luckily, I was still really active because I biked everywhere. And so I was able to kind of maintain my weight that way. But I remember in the morning, uh, my first college dorm, they had a cafeteria. And you would, uh, it's a buffet style. You got to take whatever you want. Every single morning, I would order the same thing. I would order the same omelet and veggies. And like, that's the only thing I would eat. 
I wouldn't eat lunch. And then for dinner, I would eat salads, salads and fish and or like a grilled chicken if it was available. And that was it. That was my diet. Um, Healthy diets don't have to be really boring. But as a college student, that's what I made it. And I kind of saw food as just a thing to kind of get me by. I will I will get my all my vitamins, which is why I paid attention to my veggies, my protein and like grain counts. But like I didn't necessarily get to enjoy food. Like if I went out to, let's say, a fast food restaurant, I would only order the fries and because I couldn't allow myself to go further than that. Um, sodas, I would only do diet sodas. To this day, I still only do diet soda. Um, I, will, I mean, I'll drink other beverages. Obviously, I drink alcohol and beer. But if it comes to soda, like I still haven't, <laughs> I haven't gone over that hill of like I can enjoy soda just because it's been ingrained to me. If I drink it, then I'll blow up like a balloon. Um, so if you see me, yes, I am that diet coke. Diet Coke bitch at the restaurants. Sorry. It's fine. I like it now. Um, but it tastes different. I know it tastes... But for some... I'm so used to it that I don't like Coke. Coke, like... My sister's the same way. She was like, I can't drink normal Coke anymore. I can only drink Diet Coke. And I'm like, but... Like, if it causes what? cancer, whatever. Not even McDonald's Coke, which is so much better than all the other Cokes. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, my... my the syrup amount. I know. My fiance gets Coke, and I'll take a sip of his, and I'll just be like, nah, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't want to do it. Uh, so call it. Yeah, college was really hard. Um, I I recovered from from my bulimia by definitely missing a year of college just because I didn't eat anything, so I didn't need to throw up anything. I mean, if I ate ice cream, it would naturally come up. That didn't go away until two years ago. It used to be if I ever ate ice cream, it would come up immediately. Yeah, my body remembers that, oh, ice cream means throw up. And so I was so happy whenever that finally went away. And uh, I think it went away because after I graduated college, I kind of went to my fuck it phase and I didn't care anymore. Um, I lived with very food positive people my last year of college. My last year of college, I lived with um, one of my best friends and her sister and uh, these two Russian girls. And they constantly cooked food. They constantly cooked food. They were always, they, they f- thought it was very important to eat all the meals. Uh, they were active and they were like healthy people. They were smart people. And so they were honestly a very positive influence on me because they would like invite me to eat with them. We eat dinners together. I saw that like they enjoyed their food. They enjoyed cooking and that instilled in me like I want to cook cool things. So even when I was still vegetarian, I'm like, I'm going to cook ratatouille today um, and like and try to impress them with dishes. So I do well with peer pressure as a sheep. Like peer pressure is really good. I, 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 I'm a self-proclaimed sheep. I'm fine with it. It's a great it's a great way to get a healthier relationship with food. Yeah, to, to have positive influences too. Yeah, cook it yourself. Get stoked about your dish. And also have people who are positively influencing you. Mm-hmm. Like if I lived with roommates who were like stick thin and like have, like following model diets, dude, I would be doing the same exact thing. Gosh, yeah. Crash diets are yeah awful, bad for you. Do not do them. If you have to do anything, really just... For sure. And and I, so because my household was, we, we had two, two different spectrums. We, spectrums. We had my dad who forced so much food onto our plate and like eat all this unhealthy shit and like it. And then my mom who was like, you are allowed one tortilla and a piece of cheese for lunch. Um, 
having those two extremes made all of the girls in my family very like uncomfortable with food and we didn't we don't know how to balance like eat everything and like eat nothing and honestly my siblings still struggle with that to this day like I know they struggle with it and it's awesome to see them growing through it slowly but surely um I'm fortunate in that right right now I'm in a positive place and I'll explain how later but I want to hear about yeah, you're uh, maybe from like high school to where you are now. Like, what what did your journey kind of look like with food? Yeah, so like after, like like, like I was saying, like high school was weird because I was definitely not eating well, but it's mm-hmm. just not. I still not healthy. You can be thin and not healthy. Um, it would be very much just kind of like like one or two meals a day. I'm just eating to survive at this point. Like, but it's still not a functioning person. And then just not really understanding how things work because I just wasn't really cooking for myself. But then as I got into like college years, that's when I started cooking for myself and different recipes. I worked at a vegetarian restaurant for a little bit and it was an ease into cooking for me. Because before I was so kind of nervous and neurotic about yeah. cooking things that touching meat was not fun. I liked eating meat. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really want to touch it because mm-hmm. salmonella, blah, like all these kind of things. Yeah. So once I kind of got more comfortable cooking vegetarian things, then I got a little bit braver and started cooking different meats, different things like that. And um, I was dating someone at the time who was a really good cook. And he would always cook all the meals. And so I kind of got spoiled for like the beginning part of my 20s where like I wasn't the one cooking dinner. He was. So when he and I broke up, then I had to figure out kind of how to fend for myself. And that's when I kind of slowly started getting into cooking for myself. And then I was like, I can do this. This is this is great. This is I love cooking. Mm. Um, Now my relationship with food is good. Like I... Uh, one of my favorite things that I got recently, why well, I, I just canceled my subscription because it's a little bit pricey, but oh, I was yeah. in HelloFresh for I a I love HelloFresh. So cool. It was like, I had a pretty good like repertoire of like things to cook, but I wanted to spice up some recipes and um, HelloFresh or those kind of subscription boxes are great for people who are cooking for either just yourself or for just two people or whatever you can kind of portion it out and like especially if you want to try new recipes it's really hard to tell yourself to buy like a crap ton of different spices or whatever you end up spending a lot of money for not a lot of food and then things can go bad so it was a great way to get a bunch of recipes under my belt and then have a nice idea of like what to keep spices wise what to Mm -hmm. keep you know wherever so like now i feel like i'm a pretty good cook and um i enjoy baking that's kind of my favorite thing um but i also have like a propensity to lean towards sugary things Mm -hmm. because i didn't really get them a lot as a kid when i became an adult and i was buying (laughs) my own food i was like yeah i could buy this cookies like i am cookies are my weakness i love a cookie I love candy. I love sweet things. And then, especially as an adult now, like, I love alcohol. (laughs) Um, Beer definitely has been a regular thing for me. And so, because I was very lucky in my teens and in my 20s, I could eat pretty much whatever I wanted and it'd be fine. And I I still live a very active life. My job is very physically intense. 
but I was definitely still thinner than I am now. And I think I didn't notice it recently until recently. Um, I started looking at different photos of myself over this last year versus maybe two years ago. And um, two years ago, or two and a half, almost three years ago, I moved back from San Francisco. And I remember being a specific weight. And since I've moved back, I have kind of slowly been gaining weight. And um, especially this last year, I kind of looked at myself and I was like, oh, like I am, I'm bare. Like I didn't get boobs until, you know, late twenties, things like that. So like I, I, I got to a point where I was like slowly becoming a woman and I was like, Ooh, look, this is great. I'm curvy. I got a butt. This is awesome. And now I'm 32 and I'm like looking at all these skinny young people and I'm like, well, I know I'm not fat. I'm yeah. barely 130 at this point, but I am now like different spots of me are squishier than I would like to. And it bums me out a little bit because I'm like, oh, I used to be so thin, but I was like, but you weren't healthy when then you were thin. Not that you're, not that I'm super healthy now as I drink my whiskey, <laughs> um, but it's, you, there's a balance. Like yeah. I could be a little bit more toned, but I'm finally comfortable with me and my relationship with food where I don't feel like I'm starving myself like yeah. I was back then. And then I also don't feel like I'm eating things like I'm eating something bad and then being like, oh, well, that's your meal for today. You had Del Taco. Um, so now I'm, I'm pretty regular like like today. Like, for example, really weird day today at work. I had a banana for breakfast and a cup of coffee. And then I was really hungry and like kind of like like crampy and whatever. And I was like, I want something random. So I got, I got McDonald's. Nice. I got a little cheeseburger and some fries and, and a soda. But then I also was like, I really want a McFlurry. So <laughs> I got the McFlurry. But I ate my little cheeseburger, I ate the fries, and like half of my soda, and then had three bites of my ice cream, and then didn't finish it. And I was like, why did I buy that? Yeah. You're only going to have three bites. You're not going to finish that. <laughs> Get but, a cone. Yeah. So it was just like one of those things where like some days are better than I. And then, yeah. then the other day, I made myself like really like delicious chicken with like a side of broccoli and spinach and like sauteed mushrooms and then like a side salad. Like I've been this whole week, I was like super healthy and like was losing a lot of iron so I was eating a lot of spinach and mm-hmm. eating my yogurt and my bananas and all that stuff and then today I was like I want McDonald's so it's like <laughs> like having those moments where like you kind of pick and choose your battles but oh, realize sure. like food is food I I have to be more aware of things now that I'm older I just can't metabolize alcohol the way that I used to I can't metabolize french fries the way that I used to so Especially after quarantine, I feel like a lot of people were very sedentary. I wish I could have said that I used quarantine to like, you know, go for runs and whatever. I was definitely not as active as I could have been, which is probably what added a little bit of weight gain. But I also look into it and being like, you're also, your body's different. I'm older. Things are going to sit differently. Boobs are going to hang a little different. And it's fine. I'm not completely you know planet sure and i have a i have a disclaimer too because i feel like we're both on the same page but i think it definitely needs to be said because people can't read our minds is that this this episode's not us 
uh, also talking about food in a healthy and unhealthy way and that is directly correlated to weight and how we feel about ourselves. That's not the case at all. It just comes, we just come from different backgrounds too, where like I'm, I have a body dysmorphia and an eating disorder. I had one and then also bad influences in my life. Uh, Meg's, you constantly, we both constantly feel pressure from society and social media, but I, I, you might feel the same way. Um, whenever I look at someone who would be considered like overweight or something, it does not hit my mind where I'm like, Oh, that person's overweight. I just, uh, I do not look at like, if like it's right now you're telling me like, Oh, I feel like I've gained weight. Like whenever I look at you, I don't see the weight gain. And and I hope like people don't see me that way either. It's just, we're so hard on ourselves about food. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the biggest realizations that I had is like when I first started realizing I was gained, cause I I have gained weight. Mm but it hit me harder than I expected because I was so thin for the longest yeah. period of time. I think it's weird to see the change. The, the change. And so what I wanted to like have y'all realize as well as I need to tell myself this daily is like everyone's body it's goes different. through yeah. changes and everyone's body mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. I, when I was rail thin, was not healthy mm-hmm. and it was something that like I look back now and I'll look at Ow. photos from five <laughs> years ago and I'm like I look ill yeah why didn't anyone tell me I look skinny like what the heck so while I am being hard on myself now and being like oh these jeans I have a fat roll mer and I'm like well first of all you're actually one growing into your body for the first time ever two you you're older you're 32 you're not 22 anymore you can't like metabolizing is the same way. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But then also like I look at like how my family has aged and moved forward. I'm very lucky. Like my my family, they're nobody's particularly large. And that's genetics too. Like everyone's body, the way that they're born into is different too. Like what's mm-hmm. healthy for me is not necessarily healthy for someone else. So yeah. it, it it's basically talking with your doctor and making sure that you are healthy for your weight, your body type, whatever. Because everyone's body shapes are beautiful and different. And someone could be 100 pounds bigger than me and still be at their healthiest. You know what I mean? It's everyone's way that their bodies work are are completely different than me. So taking it as an individual thing and not just cookie cuttering everyone into being like you have to be this way in order you to look guys like have this. to follow this way to be healthy yeah i just wanted to say that just oh in case. yeah and then just in case someone's just oh, like yeah. wow and then especially because like the internet is all fake too people yeah. don't look like that in real life and if you think they do you're like oh that ass you can't have that size of an ass you take laxatives little of a waist <laughs> yeah. and not have some sort of Way underlying to issue that way. Yeah. or photoshop or surgery or bottle bodily like bad issues like, or if you're god's blessed children you just have a high metabolism that never leaves you yeah and then here's the thing it won't last forever yeah. it won't all these young little skinny things every time i look at them i'm like oh it's nice to be 21 yeah. huh but even even when I when when I was twenty one, I did not look like that. You don't have an ass like that at twenty one and then be that skinny. Like yeah. that no, no, that's not how it works. Bodies are not real on the internet. Do not let them lie to you. You are beautiful. Most people who are curvy have roles. You know what is real on the internet? Mm. Food Instagrams. Food Instagrams, ones where they post the delicious recipes or like pictures of the baked goods that they made. Yeah, those are kind of fun to fun to follow. Like I, I try to get inspiration too. Like I think too, if you like food 
and you go to a restaurant, you really like a specific dish. Luckily, we live in an age where you can look up that dish and try it out yourself. Like, for example, when I wanted to try ratatouille, I didn't know how to make ratatouille. I just looked it up. And like sometimes like I will like the other day, I was really craving a chocolate chip cookie. But store-bought chocolate chip cookies don't do it for me. Don't do it for me at all. It always has to be like a homemade. And so I make a really good chocolate chip cookie. I looked up like the the best chocolate chip cookie recipe and I forgot it has its own name too. It's like this guy's name starts with a G and it's like his cookie and I made it and it was absolutely bomb. Uh, so you could be anyone. I feel like not anyone could be like a sh- like five star Michelin, three star Michelin chef. What's the highest stars? Three? I forgot from Ratatouille. That's where I... <laughs> That's where I learned better. I think I think one of the things that helped me the most with a healthy relationship with food was really cooking and um, exploring different tastes and different flavors, um, and trying trying things out, trying things different. Um, it'll kind of change your perspective on how you view things. But then, because you made it, you have a little. It, it becomes like a little sense of pride. I also love cooking things and then sharing them with people. Yeah, that's the most that's, fun. That's always fun. Um, but yeah, like, gosh, like I, I know we talked about a lot of like serious things right now, but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't mean I don't like food. I oh, really, we love food I now. I really do like. Yeah. Food. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I also I eventually healed from my bad relationship with food and. That I think that honestly came. This is, sounds so cliche, but I recovered from my bad relationship with food when I got pregnant, because suddenly everything that I ate was not only su- like substance for me, but for my kid, uh, growing inside of me. And so I was like, everything I eat, I need to be conscious of what I'm putting into my body, what is developing their bones and their brain and everything inside of them. So I like I took all my like supplements, vitamins. I ate. I always made sure to have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I included uh, all the different food groups in those meals. Um, and honestly, like I I was on the most healthy eating schedule. I didn't overeat. Like that was one thing too is that I know some people use pregnancy as an excuse to eat whatever you want. And if that's you go for it. Like you do you bitch. But, um, for me, I, I was, I was so scared at the same time. Cause I did have body dysmorphia that as I got bigger, I started feeling like, fuck, like I'm turning into a whale. Um, and it was really scary, but at the same time I knew it was for the baby. I knew I was eating healthy. And so it didn't scare me too much. Although I did get to eat Oh, that's another thing. I got to eat like food, like ice cream and stuff, and not get sick about it because I just blamed it on like, oh well, most pregnant people do this anyway, so I'm just gonna do it now. Phoebe, you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> Stop it. Phoebe yeah. is really interested in this bag oh, right now. <laughs> she loves cat food bags. Oh yeah, <laughs> my cat loves a bag. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, gosh, like having that. I think. Those kind of life situations really do force you. Really do kind of help you to have that relationship, and you yeah. kind of like start to. And it, it's really, I think, it comes down to you taking it upon yourself and to take care of and your, your yeah, child. To give you good food. Give yourself good food. Like that's what cooking did for me. Whereas mm-hmm. I was like, you're, when you take control of your food, yeah, um, and route it in a healthy route, where like I loved cooking and then having extra food left over and not eating it, where I would normally just eat the whole giant ass 
bowl of pasta that I created for myself. Yeah. When I started working on a regular shift, I would be like, you know what? I'm going to take these leftovers and not eat them at three in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to eat them for lunch. Lunch. (laughs) So, like, I enjoyed the idea of cooking for myself a fresh meal, but then also, like, I have a really nice dinner and then I would come into work and they're like oh what What's do you have that? there and what they're like it would it? smell so good I'm like oh yeah I made salmon and like some like grilled veggies and they're like oh wow that looks really good and I'm like ooh thank you thank you but like, yeah it really was it was I started building a healthy relationship with food when I gained my independence cool. I was so dependent on others or my boyfriend or my parents that like when I took it upon myself to take care of myself then food just became different. And then every time I did go out and I had a treat, it was something, it was a treat. And uh, gosh, like if I think about things that like make me happy now that I consider a treat, it's not snacks and candy anymore. I still do like those as treats, Mm -hmm. but I get really excited when I get to go out and like have like a dinner dinner. Like I got myself, uh, I didn't feel like cooking and I hadn't had time to go to the grocery store, and I was driving home, and then in the corner of my eye, I saw, like, a pho restaurant. You're like, I can make pho. And I was <laughs> like, ah, there's no way I can make pho like these <laughs> tiny little old ladies can. I'm making pho. Yeah. But I'm going to go buy it first to, like, really, like, get the broth right. So I went there, baby. Stop it. I went and, like... I'm sorry, there's like you can't make pho at home unless you're a little little Vietnamese lady <laughs> because she made it and it was so good and like it's just I, I can never recreate recreate that. So like like things that I can't make at home are like treats for me like like real Indian food. For me it's like Ugh. seafood that I can't um it's, there's certain seafood I'm too scared to cook. Mm. Like if I try to make crawfish at home, no. If I try to make like scallops, halibut, scare me. I feel like I would mess that up. Scallops, oysters, like fresh oysters. No way. Mm. No fucking way would I sushi? buy oysters. I can't sushi. make sushi at home. I used to make sushi when I was vegetarian because mm. I would just always make veggie sushi and I had like my little roller. <laughs> but like yeah, like the raw fish. Unless someone like so like certain certain things I just cannot recreate at home because there's not my culture. So, yeah. but I love eating different foods from different cultures so like pho is a big thing for me um really good ramen like the legit ramen from like these little old ladies that make the broth and it just simmers for hours local culture is pretty cool too like we have some local culture uh, not local culture um but like uh you know national culture yeah like there's like different foods in like new york and chicago i i've never had a chicago deep dish pizza i never had a chicago deep dish pizza and i want to go to chicago one to visit one of my friends but two to try the pizza. Yeah, I feel like it's probably better in Chicago too. Yeah, because uh, it, I've had deep be. dish pizza, but it's never been like. I think from it maybe had. I think I had a deep dish pizza, but like BJ's or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, that's not pizza. <laughs> no, it's not pizza. That's what I think too. Like, not all restaurants are treats. Some of them are like fake treats. I'm kidding. They're all treats. They're all treats because you don't have to cook. You don't have to cook. But like, whenever that's how you I feel get about cheesecake factory. Yeah, whenever you get it's good, but you're like, it's also tr- not that good. There's nothing like a true culinary experience. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. So food, we we are we like it. We are happy with it. We are growing with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just want a baked banana bread tomorrow. I got three brown bananas over there. Oh. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Good banana bread. Cool. Anything else you want to say about food? 
Yeah, I mean, food food is good. We like food. Um, I I always just feel bad whenever I I hear from people who had issues with food because like I get it. Food is always complicated for people. Yeah. Um, I think just kind of listening and feeling your body is mm-hmm. one of the big things. Absolutely. But like really know that like food isn't meant to torment you. No. It's there, at least the serotonin. There's a reason why people in France get to eat cheese and bread all day and they're all ridiculously thin. There's a reason why. And it's because they're like sustaining eating slowly and, and eating slowly and enjoying. and enjoying and savoring and like really I hate to be miss portion control but yeah portion control is something that we just don't understand as Americans. <laughs> we just kind of like yeah. you you eat and eat and eat and then then what so yeah it's i know it's complicated and i know it's hard but like savoring and enjoying and not punishing yourself when you have a treat like i have a a hershey bar in my bag that's like calling my name and i will probably eat it on the way home and then i'll feel guilty (laughs) and feel bad when i get home but then like at the end of the day like i'm like you know what it's fine I enjoyed that part. It's fine. Just don't don't punish yourself. If you have a McDonald's chicken nugget, nobody hates you. No. Just, just it's okay. It's okay. Food is full. Well, and to wrap everything up, I think it would behoove us um, to talk about the other factor of food is I know we've been talking about all the different trials and tribulations, but at the end of the day, like especially in this country, I feel like we're very lucky and blessed. Um, Food is something that doesn't come easy to a lot of people. And, um, you know, something we take for granted. There's a lot of food waste, especially nowadays. Um, And so there are a lot of countries and a lot of people, even in our own country, there's a lot of people that are struggling to even just have food. So in in the sense of I know everyone's struggling with food and things like that, we should also feel very grateful because people, there are a lot of people that don't have food. So for our charity, I think it would be important that we would talk about Feeding Feeding America. Yes, the Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that secures and distributes 4.3 billion meals each year through through pantries and meal programs throughout the United States and leads the nation to engage in the fight against hunger. So, (laughs) there's food banks all around the country. You can contact your local food bank, find ways that you could help the community, because especially if you live in areas of need, uh, urban areas, even, uh, I'm lying, urban and suburban and rural areas there's there's a family that's in need there's people who are having to buy just the scarce amounts of foods to get by and food banks are there to help those people in need so uh consider to reaching out your food banks to help with distribution or you could donate funds uh in case you have another dollar to spare and if that five dollars is the what you would normally spend at del taco just give it to the feeding america and go eat those leftovers in your fridge yeah. Go I mean, eat those veggies that are waiting for you because they're going to go bad in two days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the grocery store the other day and I have to definitely make sure I cook some of it this weekend. Um, just giving is very important. Food is hard for lots of people on different levels, but ultimately hunger is something that we can all work together mm-hmm. and fix. And these types of charities are always around, always important. And building those healthy relationships by giving to others will build 
their relationship with food hopefully better and we can all be yeah don't let our country go hungry yeah don't let your neighbor go hungry that's that's just a a good thing in general Mm -hmm. but thank you all so much for listening to episode eight of talking in tangents i'm brit i'm Meg, and we loved talking about food with you Mm -hmm. goodbye yum yum